So my name is Richard Gay, and I am directionally challenged. I am someone who has a hard time getting from point A to point B. So as a result, my GPS on my phone is my best friend. However, there are times when I follow and I open up and I hear the directions my GPS is giving, and I say, that doesn't make sense. Where are you taking me, Sarah? What are you doing? What is going on here in regards to what's taking place? And sometimes I will choose to go my own direction. Anybody relate to that whole thing? Thank you for your honesty. I appreciate that. Discovered is this. Sarah typically knows best. She typically knows the best way to get where I want to go. But sometimes I don't want to listen to her directions. If I were honest, I would have to say sometimes spiritually I'm directionally challenged. Because God may say something to me. God may speak to me in a certain way and tell me to go love a certain person to go serve a different individual, to go show his compassion to someone else by forgiving him. And I have to say, really? Seriously? That's what you want me to do? Maybe you can relate to that. You see, I think it's so easy for us when God begins to tell us, look, I want you to obey and respect your parents when you think they haven't got a clue as to what I'm going through. Or I want you to listen to your spouse. And you're thinking, but I don't think they understand my feelings. I don't think they understand what's going on. Or I want you to be content. And you're saying, content? When I'm struggling to pay the bills? It just doesn't make sense. Well, today is we wrap up our study of the man Elijah. We're going to find that Elijah goes on this journey as he prepares to go home to be with the Lord. It doesn't make sense. But God has a purpose in it all. A few weeks ago, we started this, and we learned that Elijah at the brook learned, trust God, and he'll provide. Then the next week, we went to Mount Carmel, and we learned, stand up for God, and he'll show up for you. Then last week, we looked at Elijah in the cave, and we learned to look up, because he is in charge. Today, we're going to follow Elijah's GPS journey through a number of areas, and we're going to find what God wants us to learn as we follow him on this path of faith. I could subtitle this message, when God says go, we say, whoa. How do you respond to that? Take your Bibles, turn to 2 Kings chapter 2. You can follow on the screen, or you can pull out a Bible in front of you, or pull out your electronic device. Now, when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven by a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Say that with me, Gilgal. 
That means everybody in unison say it with me. Say that with me. Very good. And Elijah said to Elisha, please stay here. For the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. Say that with me. But Elisha said, as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. And the sons of the prophets who were in Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that today the Lord will take away your master from over you? And he said, Yeah, I know it. Be quiet. And Elijah said to Elisha, Please stay here, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. Say that with me. But he said, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I'm not going to leave you. So they went to Jericho. And the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho drew near to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that today the Lord will take away your master from over you? And he said, Yeah, I know. Be quiet. And Elijah said to him, Please stay here, for the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. Say it with me. But he said, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. And 50 men of the sons of the prophets also went and stood at some distance from them as they were standing by the Jordan. And Elijah took his cloak, rolled it up, and struck the water. And the water was parted to the one side and to the other. And the two of them crossed over on dry ground. And when they crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Ask what I shall do for you before I'm taken from you. And Elisha said, Please let there be a double portion of your spirit on me. And he said, You've asked a hard thing. Yet if you see me as I'm being taken from you, it'll be for you. But if you do not see me, it shall not be so. And as they still went on and talked, behold, Chariots of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them. And Elijah went up in a whirlwind to heaven. And Elisha saw it, and he cried out, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and his horsemen. And he saw him no more. And he took hold of his clothes, and he tore them in two pieces. And he took up the cloak of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. And he took the cloak of Elijah that had fallen from him and he struck the water. And he said, where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? And when he had struck the water, the water was parted from one side to the other. And Elisha went over. What an unbelievable account in scripture. Now here's what's interesting about this whole thing. When you understand what took place, we got to understand something geographically. So for example, I want this to represent the Jordan River. All right. Now when you see what took place here, you'll see they were in Gilgal. Gilgal would be located right here. So Gilgal was only a few meters, or for you that didn't learn the metric system, a close to a few miles to the Jordan River. 
Now you'll notice that to get from Gilgal to the Jordan River was pretty close. But God sent him from Gilgal to Bethel to Jericho to the Jordan River. Now, any of you remember from math class, the shortest distance between two points is what? A straight line. But how many of us know that so often for God, the shortest distance between two points typically has a detour in it? Can I have an amen to that? You see, that's what God starts to do. So this whole journey to the Jordan from Gilgal to Bethel to Jericho to go to the Jordan doesn't make sense. And what happens is this. So often when we read this account of scripture, myself included, we skip over those locations And by skipping over those locations, you miss out on a rich blessing. So what we're going to do is we're going to stop and we're going to look at why these locations are so important for our journey of faith. Notice what it says in chapter 2, verse 1. They were in Gilgal. Now, why was Gilgal so important if you study scripture? Here's why. Gilgal was the first place that the children of Israel went to after Joshua took them across the Jordan River. And here's what happened. Joshua was now in charge of the children of Israel. They were ready to go into the promised land. The Jordan River was overflowing its floodbank stage. And the children of Israel were coming out of the wilderness. They had to, in order to get into the promised land, had to cross the Jordan River. Joshua, with the children of Israel and the priests with the ark on their shoulders, stepped into the river. And when they stepped into the river, the river parted. They went through the Jordan River got over to the other side to go into the promised land. And Joshua said, here's what I want you to do. Twelve men, one from each of the tribes of Israel. I want you to go back in the Jordan River and pull up a stone. And I want you to take these twelve stones and we're going to build an altar, a monument to remind us of what God did. That's what happened at Gilgal. So now Elijah is starting off in Gilgal. See, Gilgal was a place of new beginnings. Gilgal was a place of a fresh start. Let me ask you this question. Do you feel you need a new beginning today? Do you feel you are looking for a fresh start? Do you feel there's something in your life that it's time for a recommitment? Last night, we had a college student who got baptized. He came forward a number of months ago and told me, I want to get baptized, but I want my family here so they can hear my story. 
he shared how for the past few months he's been sitting here listening to the messages. God has been touching his heart. And through God touching his heart, his heart has been changed. He was totally transformed. And he said, I want to get baptized to show people that I'm a follower of Christ. He called me on my cell phone Friday night and said, what time do I show up on Saturday for baptism? He showed up here last night. His family was here with him, and he shared his testimony that this was a new start for him. Praise God for that. You see, that's what Gilgal is all about. It's a new beginning. So Elijah starts off with Elisha in Gilgal. And to create that altar. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 says, Anybody who's in Christ is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things shall become new. How many of you are thankful God gives you a second chance? Can I hear from you? You see, aren't you glad he doesn't treat us the way our sins deserve? And so as a result, it's a new beginning. And that's what Gilgal is. And it could be that somebody here wants to take the first step of baptism today. And I encourage you, don't let fear hold you back. Don't let fear hold you back, but take that step. So Gilgal was a place of new beginning. Now notice, verse 2, Elijah says, stay here. Because God has sent me to Bethel. Now, if you go back in the book of Genesis and you learn about Bethel, you learn this. Bethel was originally called the city of Luz. Say that with me. Luz. Now, you didn't know there was a city called Luz. So say it with me again. Luz. It was originally called Luz. And there was this guy named Jacob who he was a deceiver. He was a cheat. He had cheated his brother out of his inheritance. So he ran from his family, was heading to go be with his uncle, and he was in the wilderness, and he fell. He was, he was there, and he was tired out. So the scripture says he took a large rock. And that rock became his pillow. And when he fell asleep, God appeared to him in a dream. And in that dream, he dreamt of a ladder going up to heaven. And there were angels going up and angels coming down. And as a result of that dream, he was reconfirmed by God that he would be one day returning to his family. See, Bethel, which was called Luz... Jacob said, I'm now going to call this Bethel, which means house of God. It's a place of intimacy. See, Bethel is a place of dreams. And here's what I want you to know. The scripture says that Jacob took that rock after he woke up from that dream. He anointed it with oil and he built an altar from that rock to remind him that God had showed up for him. See, Gilgal is a place of new beginnings. Bethel is a place of dreams. Here's my question. What is God's dream for you? What is it that God wants to do in you? 
What dream is he putting you to fulfill his purpose for his kingdom? See, when you wake up to know that God has a dream for you to fulfill, God has a purpose for you, he didn't leave you here on earth once you trusted Christ just to occupy space. He left you here with a purpose, with a passion, with gifts, with a calling. Bethel is a place of dreams. The scripture says this, For God will do exceedingly abundantly, beyond all you can ask or imagine, according to his power at work in us. What dream do you have? Elisha's dream was to be Elijah's successor, since he had the mantle put upon him. But here's what's interesting. Do you remember how when I read this passage of scripture, there was this group of prophets that kept saying to Elijah, listen, Do you know your master is going to be taken away from you today? And Elisha kept saying, yeah, be quiet. Yeah, hush your mouth. Yeah, be silent. What's all that mean? This group of prophets was literally saying to Elisha, listen, your leader, your teacher, your prophet, he's going to to be taken to heaven. Stay here with us. Be here with us. But Elijah kept saying, no, I'm committed to be with Elijah. See, here's what we need to understand. This group of prophets, even though they were followers of Yahweh, were trying to discourage Elijah from what God had told him to do. And so we're reminded, listen, don't let the crowd take away your crown. Don't let people ridicule you and hold you back from what God has called you to do. Realize when God calls you to do something, not everybody's going to agree. Not everybody's going to be your fan. Not everybody's going to be supportive. Don't let other people's opinions hold you back. Don't let other people's ridicule hold you back. Instead, keep feeding your soul. Keep feeding your soul with the word. Feed your soul with prayer. Feed your soul by the spirit ministering to you so you can go forward. So we've got Gilgal is a place of new beginnings. Bethel is a place of new dreams. Now it says in verse 4, they went to Jericho. Now you remember about Jericho. Jericho and the children of Israel went into the city of Jericho and marched around it. And the walls came tumbling down. Jericho is to remind us we are in a walk of faith. We are in a walk of faith. And what I mean by that is this. We are not called to walk by sight, but by faith, by trusting God as to what he wants to do. Jericho was a reminder to the children of Israel, God will show up. God will show up on your behalf. Because here's what you need to understand. Past victories empower future trust. Past victories empower future trust. Can I have an amen to that? Past victories that God has shown up on your behalf empower you to trust him for the future. You know, when I think about the Christmas store, and I think about these past years, how God would always show up 
and empower all these volunteers to do this unbelievable work, to minister to people in a powerful, powerful way. Last year, when we ran out of gifts and we had to go out and get gift cards for these families that were still waiting in line, these families were so patient and loving and caring. They're like, are you serious? You're doing this for us? And you know what it does? It causes us to say, we can trust God this year as to how he's going to show up. Because past victories empower me to trust him for the future. You know how I see that every, every month? Is when I get paid, and then I can pull out my phone and text my gift that I want to give to the church is my tithe. When I do that every single time, twice a month, when I get paid, I do it and I look back and I say, God, you showed up again this past month. You showed up again to show me your provision. And therefore, I joyfully get back to you again to show you you own it all. Past victories empower future trust. But we're called to walk by faith. And not by sight. You may not see it. You may not see it right in front of you, but you trust because you see God work. So Gilgal is a place of new beginning. Bethel, and I'm not lifting this thing again. Bethel is a place of dreams. Jericho is a place of walking by faith and not by sight. Now read on. Verse 6. He tells him, I need to go to the Jordan. The Jordan River represented an obstacle to what God wanted to do. Picture this. Before they got in the promised land, the children of Israel were in the wilderness. They had to cross the Jordan River at flood stage to get into the promised land. It represented a barrier to them experiencing what God had for them. Now with Elijah, he is wanting to teach Elijah an important lesson. So the Jordan River right here is an obstacle to him to experience what he has. Then watch this, watch this. Then you'll notice after Elijah gets taken to heaven, Elisha now has to separate the Jordan River. Why? So that he as well could experience what God wanted to do. So you see, the Jordan River represents an obstacle. And what does God love to do with obstacles? God loves to break them down. God loves to take your faith and to break them down. So that as a result, you're not discouraged. You're not disheartened. You're not feeling like you can't make it through because God shows up. How many of you can tell me you've seen God show up for you and break through obstacles? Can I have an amen to that? That's right. And so when he said he had to go to the Jordan, it was to remind us how God removes obstacles. Exodus 14, 14 says this. The Lord will fight for you. You've only got to be silent. The Lord will fight for you. You've only got to be silent. You see, Elijah kept saying to Elijah, you stay here. I'm going on. Elijah said, no, as God lives and as you live, I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. He was testing 
his commitment. He was testing his perseverance. He was testing his willingness. And here's what I would say. Your breakthrough is right around the corner. Your breakthrough is right around the corner. God is just asking you to trust him enough to help you to break through that hurt and find peace, that habit and find relief, that hang-up that's pulling you down. Listen, we got a ministry here on Thursday night, Celebrate Recovery, Christian 12-step group for anybody and all of us who struggle with hurts, habits, hang-ups. I encourage you to come out 7 o'clock on Thursday night where men gather together, women gather together to encourage each other, to support each other, to remind them that God is a God who breaks through obstacles. And so as a result, they go to the Jordan River. I want to show you a picture that I think is totally awesome. Go ahead and put that picture up right now. See, this past January... We had the privilege with Stonehill Church in Princeton to plant a church in Trenton. It meets right down on Pennington Road at the Trenton YMCA. This past Friday night, Pastor Gilmer, Ty Gilmer, Pastor Gilmer is one of our pastors here on staff who, who now is pastoring that church because we're funding him to do that. Tone and his wife were there, were invited to this banquet that was given to honor people in our city who are giving back. And our church, Transformation Church, was honored at this thanks for giving dinner. They were chosen as group of the year. These certificates they're holding, one is a certificate of recognition from the city of Trenton for outstanding leadership in giving back. One is a certificate of honor from the Board of Freeholders. One is a certificate of recognition from the Trenton City Council. My friends, our church just started in January. It was just plain, yeah, that's a yay God. And what's happened is the city is now recognizing what that church is doing in giving back to the community. Listen, you don't know the number of years we've been praying about planting a church in Trenton and how God stepped in and God removed the obstacles because he knew he had people in that city that he wanted to reach through that church that would never come here because it's too far away from them, from their community, but they chose to go there. That YMCA has got 70 to 80 people every Sunday morning at 11 o'clock hearing the gospel of Christ, trusting Christ as their Savior. People come in here and getting baptized because God God is a God who breaks through obstacles. That's the God we worship. So you see, you may have this Jordan River in front of you, but God delights in parting Jordan rivers if you only just step in and you just step up. And then Elisha asks from Elijah a double portion. A double portion, he says. What's that mean? It doesn't mean he wanted more of the Spirit. It meant he wanted to be empowered as Elijah's successor. And then Elijah was taken up into heaven. And the scripture says, look at verse 13, that Elijah picked up the cloak that had fallen upon him. What's that mean? 
It means he was picking up his calling and walking with it. Now what does he do? He goes to the Jordan River. He takes Elijah's cloak and he says, not where is Elijah, where is the God of Elijah? And the God of Elijah is the same as the God of Elisha. And God of Elisha is the same God, the God of the promised land, who is with Joshua, who is with Moses, who is with Abraham, who is with David, who is with you and me every single day. He's the God who loves to do miracles, who loves to part the Jordan River, who loves to separate the obstacles so you can be filled with faith and confidence and joy and peace and love and know that God is on your side. Can I have an amen to that? That's the God we worship. And so the whole thought here in this travel log is what step is God asking you to take? Maybe it's like Gilgal. It's a step of new beginning. Some of you may need to trust Christ as your Savior by coming to the cross and saying, Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, and I trust you as my personal Lord and Savior. And I trust you to come into my life and forgive me my sins and set me free. And I trust you to change my life. Maybe that's your new beginning, to take that step today. Or maybe he's put a dream on your heart, a dream that he wants you to be able to understand what he wants to do in your life. You remember I said that he anointed it with oil? That oil represents the Holy Spirit. And the fact that the Holy Spirit can empower you to fulfill that dream. Or maybe he's calling you to walk by faith. And stop trying to walk by sight. And trust him for what he wants to do. So that you can see him break through. That's the God of Elijah. That's the God of Elisha who gives us hope. What can we do in closing? We could all today be determined to pray the most bold prayer we've ever prayed. Speak, Lord, for I'm listening. Speak, Lord, for I'm listening. And then as they seek to go forward, as we seek to go forward and we seek to see what God wants to do, we can see him do amazing, amazing things. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for the privilege of praising you for your amazing grace. Thank you, Father, for the privilege of just honoring you and trusting you, no matter what obstacles may come our way. Fill us with faith. Fill us with boldness, with confidence, just like Elijah, because he was a man like us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.